Blog Talk Radio. Namaste. You are now in the Funk Soul Cafe, a cool, hot, soulful radio show for artists, writers, and so much more, hosted by yours truly, Robert Batista. So sit back, grab a nice, warm, and soulful cup of java or chai, and listen and enjoy. I am a firm believer that the truth will set you free. We are far more than what we hear. To have peace, you must be the source. I have a heart for my veteran brothers and sisters, and I have a heart for innocent people, especially children who have been abused. We are God's chosen people. Understanding makes it very clear. These are the inspiring words of tonight's guest, author Linda D. Watley. Namaste, Linda D. Watley, and welcome to the (laughs) Funk Soul Cafe. I'm glad to be on your show. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's wonderful. Let's First, start off by taking your Java order. We have a wonderful variety of fine espressos, cappuccinos, and lattes. And we also have herbal teas for those tea lovers. So what's your fancy, Linda? I would really like a nice cup of green tea with honey, please, and a slice of lemon. Great choice. Healthy. Very good for you. (laughs) Let me go ahead and make that up. Thank you. And here you go. Enjoy it. Appreciate it. (laughs) Thank you. Linda, like I said, so good having you on the Funk Soul Cafe. Before we get into your exciting book, please give our audience a peek into your background and life's journey. Okay, I'm from Akron, Ohio. I'm widowed. I have two adult sons, and I have two granddaughters, and I spend a lot of time with my mother. My life is very simple. I believe freedom is in simplicity. I enjoy words. I've always loved spirituality. My relationship with God reigns every area of my life, and I am a person who cares about people and the outcome of humanity. 
And so I look forward to sharing messages that I pray will make a difference in other people's lives. And basically, overall, I'm a very happy person. So your book, the title is called Soldier with a Backpack, Living and Dying Simultaneously. Talk about the seeds of germination as why you felt you wanted to write and tell this story. This book was a new reality for me also because I had no idea I was actually writing a book. That's what I like about words. It's like if if you can understand the flow of words and put them together where they can make a difference for other people's thought processing, I feel like that's a great gift. And the fact that you can be a vessel for that is amazing because for me, I had no idea that that's what I was doing in this particular book because what happened for me is my oldest son, he had served two terms in Iraq, and he's an awesome person even today, but he had some things that had changed a lot with his reactions to life the second time he came back from Iraq. And, you know, my his other brother and I, we are very close, the three of us, and so we're always aware when something needs to be addressed in each other's lives. And this one particular episode that our oldest son, my oldest son had, it caused us to wonder if he was dead or alive for over three hours. And that right there left an impression on me that I had to research post-traumatic stress disorder in a clinical sense because I had an understanding that I had acquired over the years, but I felt like I needed more in-depth because I wanted to be able to embrace him. And so while I was doing my research, the spirit came into the book, so it wasn't just clinical. And some of the messages I was getting was amazing and awesome and life-changing as you read them. And so when I had finished my manuscript, I let him know that I had finished the book because he's a very private person. And if he didn't feel like I should write the book, I was not going to do it. But after over three hours, he came back and told me I had to write the book because it was going to help a lot of people. And so that's when I realized I actually had more than a manuscript. I had something that had to be given to, to the world. And he gave me his blessings. And so Soldier with a Backpack, Living and Dying Simultaneously came to life. So we know and we read and we hear every day that so many soldiers, military, male and female, come back from Iraq, come back from Afghanistan, and even other places with post-traumatic stress disorder. Now, you said you've done research. Talk about how you researched this book and, you know, how long did it take you to complete this research? And see, that's the amazing thing about it. You know, we have so much access of information just going online. I was accumulating great amounts of information, but particular people who have actually had the experience of PTSD have written books. You can go into the clinical aspects, you know, where doctors and psychologists and different people who were trying to figure out and get a handle on cures for it or how to address it or to even accept it. It was just so many different levels. I mean, going so far back as World War One and Two. I mean, this, this right. is an old disease, but it was an old hidden disease. It was not ever acknowledged. You know, like even when our v, uh, Vietnam veterans, they, they couldn't even breathe the thought of it. You know, and it wasn't until like the Iraq War and Afghan, Afghanistan Wars that they actually gave respect towards it. 
and, you know, listening to the different dialogues and storylines that people shared, I was able to, you know, accumulate. And the most important thing for me was what was being revealed to me spiritually. And it was like confirming everything I was reading was also bringing in different aspects that I was not finding, you know, in my research on the outside of myself. It was like God had messages he wanted me to let people know about PTSD. And one of the main things that I had learned was it wasn't just a soldier thing. It was an acceptance of something that happens to a human being that's unseen, but it's very normal. It's a normal reaction to life. You know, it's just like when you get cut or you break a leg or a bruise on your face, you can get stitches, you can get ice on it, or you can get a cast. But when you have a wound that cannot be seen, then you are really, really alone and you're dealing with it. And that's what PTSD is, an unseen wound of the inner self, of your being, of your soul, of your spirit, your mind, you know. And, and it's such an alone experience because you are by yourself in the invisible aspects of yourself. And so this is one of the main aspects God was revealing to me that if we understood how to communicate with our whole self, not just our physical self, we have a better chance of, of beating this thing of not letting it controlling our life or keeping it in a dark place. And so he started giving me tools, you know, messages to share with right. people to let them know, you know, you're very normal. You're having a normal reaction. You just have to understand it. Just like how you have to learn to live with diabetes, you know, heart diseases or anything else that people see. You have to learn how to live with your unseen self. And one of the problems we're having is a stressed society. That stressed society is really causing PTSD to compound itself because it's making people loveless and detached. So that's leaving you alone and vulnerable for more self-destruction. And so basically what my book is trying to do is bring people back into themselves and bring them back out. You know, don't just stay the self that the world is trying to make you to be. Be the self that God created you to be, and that's one right. of the main things that God wanted the world to know. We, we're not here to be victims. We're here to be victorious. But you have to understand what's happening. You have to know the language. Just like when you have medications, you've got to understand how to use it and how to even pronounce some of the words. It's the same thing with our spirit and our soul. We have to get in touch with that part of ourselves. We have to realize, that's why I say backpack, what are you carrying around inside of you? There's so many unaddressed issues and traumas and, you know, damages inside that starts as far back as childhood. We have so many undiagnosed cases of PTSD that we have walking time bombs out here now. It's like this is a war zone. You know, the soldiers go from one war zone to another. In some cases, they prefer to go back to the Afghanistan or Iraq war because at least it had structure to it to let you know how to combat right. it. But when, when they right. come back home, no one's teaching them how to combat this war at home that's among its own people. Linda, the book subtitle is fascinating to me, To Live and Die Simultaneously. Why this subtitle, and what's the meaning of it? Okay, the reason why I say living and dying simultaneously is because constantly we are changing. We are never the same total person we were, especially after trauma, like sudden death, um, illness, 
um, natural disaster, sudden loss of income. I mean, all these dynamics change us from the person we were prior to the experience itself. And that's just one level of living and dying simultaneously. Another is information changes us constantly, negative or positive, uplifting or pulling you down. It's, it's making changes to our dynamics. We're just never the same. I mean, even if we sit here long enough and talk, you're going to have so many different moods and ideals and thought processing, your emotions and your mindset. is changing. It just don't just stay fixated on one thing. It's either growing or dying, you know. It's either, you know, it can't just be nothing. It's always one or the other, up or down. It's just never just flat. So we're constantly changing based on experiences, based on information, um, based on even health. All these things have contributing factors to our outcome. And, like, you can be with somebody and you say, wow, she has mood swings, or what's wrong with him? Because people are constantly changing. And getting back to the person they were before certain traumas and tragedies, they don't never get back to it, to that place, because right. the the damages has cut off a lot of connections, and then the growth to survive has replaced it with something else. So you're just never really the same. Another thing that caught my attention in the blurb for the book calls PTSD the hidden love killer. Can you explain why it's called this? I call it the hidden love killer because when you have a society as we have today that's so stressed out and so always going after things that they are uh, out of touch with being able to slow down to be human with each other, you know, to care about the other person. It's like stress is actually causing us to not slow down enough to be nurturing, to be understanding, you know, to listen to one another. It's like we always want quick fixes. And so I say it's a love killer because even the people who can really love each other or another person, because of pain in most cases, they shut it down to to save themselves from a further pain. Because I even found myself before I realized, I was like, if I stay down, I won't have to worry about falling again because I'm already down. So a lot of people shut down their hearts and their ability to give to one another. So we're getting a society or even the best of the loving people are being shut down because of fear, pain, alienation, you know, and hopelessness. All these are contributing factors extending off of PTSD just from trauma, stress, uh, disappointment, abuse of trust. All that takes away from the foundation of security in the world. So you, you can't love without security. One five-star Amazon review of A Soldier with a Backpack by Amazon customer states in part, one minute I had tears in my eyes, and the next minute I was so uplifted. I was praising God. This book also breaks down all the prejudices and racial barriers as human beings and teaches you that love is the only thing that can break down these barriers. I highly recommend this book to anyone that enjoys reading a good book. You will not be disappointed. Wow. Excellent review, Linda. 
can you talk <laughs> about what the reviewer meant by your book breaking down all the prejudices and racial barriers? How does your story handle these hot-button topics? And, you know, I found that interesting that he had come to that conclusion because he's a strong man in Christ. And, you know, he he is not of my origin, but spiritually-wise, we're one. But he saw that it wasn't even about what color I was, what race I was, that I was able to be universal in my communication that you couldn't actually tell, you know, who actually wrote this book. You couldn't really say you know, was it African-American or was it, you know, Indian or whatever nationality could possibly be because the foundation is universal. And I was able to show that it doesn't matter about the physical part of yourself as much as it does the inner part of yourself because when I say backpack, that's everything about you that you take with you when you leave this world. So your body whatever origin it is, is so irrelevant when you go through your transition. And I make that very clear as you read the book that it's what's inside you that's so critical to the outcome of, of life itself and your direction in life and your presence in life. So it's just the language God had gave me to communicate on a universal level that it's the life that he has given us that's critical to understand more so that, like I say, the life that the world is trying to portray. See, this world is very deceptive, and God wants people to understand that this is not what this was really planned to be. It's like he's saying his people be the salt of the earth. We're supposed to be so much more than we are, but we're allowing, like I say, stress factors to destroy our very being, and we're supposed to be loving creatures. We're not supposed to be killing each other. Uh, it's nothing normal about anybody killing anybody, and it has repercussions and domino effects. Until we can understand that it's not about the physical, then we're going to keep struggling. That's why he's aware of that when he read my book, that it didn't even matter what color or, or creed anybody is. It's about the life energy in that person. Staying on the subject of PTSD, what would you say are the major misconceptions when you did your research? What would you say are the major misconceptions that people have about this disorder? One of the major ones I would easily say is that people look at it that it pertains to soldiers only, that not all of them will have it, but it's such a large number that do. And another misconception is, you know, people make it seem so horrible when in reality it's normal to have this kind of reaction to life because you're having an abnormal experience, so you're going to have a normal reaction to it. But people are making it seem like we're monsters or, you know, really damaged or, you know, destructive, but it's not all negative because I have met many people with PTSD because of our sensitivity, because I have it myself, we are conscious of a need to love and care about people and to make a difference in the world. So people are taking out a concept like life is doomed because someone has PTSD. There's so many people who care about people more than people who have never had to walk in life where they had to fall. People who have been traumatized, who have had great losses in life, they tend to be the people who will 
give you a hand when you need to. They'll give up both their hands. You know, whatever it takes to make you a stronger and better person. And it's really normal. It's really natural. And it's also just mental. It's physical damage as well to the brain tissue. And it's also spiritually and soulfully damaging. The unseen aspect of ourselves goes through the horror of the experience of unnatural experiences for a human being. So to me, people have it out of context to just look at the psychological aspect of it. And also, people don't want to admit the difficulty it is to treat it because each individual is so unique that you can't really just put everybody under the same umbrella. And I have met so many people with PTSD, they said they know that if they didn't have a faith and trust in God, they would not be here. Their relationship with God is just phenomenal, just like survivors of cancer. I mean, I I see them walking with PTSD victims because when you have that connection, you can surpass a lot of things that the human mind cannot grasp to heal that person. Switching gears, a lot of writers who listen to my show want to know about the publishing process. They want to know how authors got published. So let's talk about how your books were published, specifically the latest one. Did you go through the mainstream publishing, independent publishing, or did you self-publish? And talk about any challenges you encountered getting this story out to the world. This was a story that had to be told because basically – I was a messenger who ended up published, and I had no idea that this was going to be a book, as I had stated. But I had a horrific experience about a little more than eight years ago where I had a trilogy dealing with abuse that was literally stolen from me. So my trust in people was very shot down because, I mean, these were Christian-based women who I trusted to build with. And so I hadn't written again until eight, almost 10 years, I want to say eight, nine, 10 years later. And when I came back out to write again, there was a young lady. Her name is um, Gabrielle, and she is an amazing woman. I went to her because I knew I could trust her. And I asked her, did she have a person who could edit my book? And she instantly had someone available for me. And her name was Sherelle Golden Love. And when Sherelle read my manuscript, she promised me that she was going to prepare my book for publishing. And the next thing I know, we had a publishing company. She established a publishing company, and I was her first book, and it was our first baby, and it just took off like fire. I mean, God (laughs) uh, just... God made it happen. It was phenomenal. And these young ladies are just awesome people. And that's how my book came into publishing. And, see, you don't just get a publisher with them. You get support that's just unbelievable. I mean, the promotion of my book, you know, for me coming back on the scene nearing 60, I mean, just being realistic, it was like, really, can I do this? But they just took me under their wings, and they just gave me some wings, and, Soldier with a backpack, living dang simultaneously took off like like angel wings, and they have not stopped. And they still support the, the future of this book. I was just really blessed when they came into my life. 
Let's talk about Linda D. Watley, the person. Where did you grow up, and what was your childhood like? (laughs) I grew up in Akron, Ohio, and dysfunction is a lack of a better word. (laughs) You don't know that's what it is when you're a child, but basically I was brought up in an environment consisted of domestic violence, molestation, um, disrespect, um, low self-esteem, you name it. Um, I was born in a situation where my parents, my father was a bully. Because of him being a bully, he ended up putting my mother outside our home. And so I ended up in a step-family situation. Even before I had gotten there, I was already damaged because I had lost my virginity at the age of four to my father. So I had some compounding issues that went undiagnosed with PTSD, but I had all the symptoms of PTSD. So my foundation was, like, very unstable, wrecked, because I was always withdrawn. My escape was always sleeping. I would stay away from people, very isolated. They said I was shy, but I was just trying to be invisible as much as I could. And so that's how my childhood went. Did books help you during this time period? Uh, Were there any books or authors that inspired you during this time? The blessing for me was when I finally was able to get a library card, I was curious to know because I always was looking at life. I just couldn't believe that, that this was all there was to it. And I was given the creator, God, whatever you want to call it, because I had no clue the benefit of the doubt. So when I finally received a library card, I remember going to the library, and I would stand in the middle of the library just to see where I would end up at. And I would end up in psychology, spirituality, you know, mental growth and, you know, different things like that. And I would just, wherever I was led to go, I would come out with about five books at a time. And I would read those books, and the more I read those books, those books really saved my life, I would say. They gave me a foundation because it was from those books that I started learning that certain ones caused certain changes inside of me, changes that didn't occur from outside of myself. And I found that interesting. It was like it was building me a bridge, you know, of freedom. And I just kept reading. That's why I say the truth will set you free because certain truths cause alterations whether I understood them or not. And one of the main truths that kept showing up was universal, God, love, Jesus. So that's when I came into Christianity, you came into God conscious awareness was through reading these books. And it led me to the Bible because it seemed to be the underline of everything I was reading. So I started learning about my own spirituality by starting from scratch, by reading books, giving God a chance to tell me, you know, what you're about, what's this life about while I'm here. So I would say, yes, it was many books. I I have read thousands of books. And I just feel like to read. I feel like to write. Great, great. I'm intrigued, Linda, with another book you wrote called Daddy's Girl. Could this be autobiographical about your past life? Right, and you know the thing about that book, that book has been published about three times under three different names because I never gave up on the hope of the message helping people. But on the very first book with the young lady with the two ponytails, that is me. 
when I was a little girl. If you look in my eyes, you, you, you can't really come in. And that's what fascinated me about that picture. But, yes, what I did was when I was writing my trilogy, I hid myself and didn't even know it behind all these characters I created. And when I had gotten finished, that's when I almost had a nervous breakdown because the message that I had learned from writing them was me. I was like, this is me. And it just blew me away. I had no clue what I had done. I had exposed myself unknowingly. That's how mystical, you know, being a writer is. It's very powerful. Right. It can it can actually blow the author away. Because <laughs> it blew me away because I was a person, I didn't even read, you know, novels. I was into self-help books and things like that, spirituality. And when I started writing that trilogy, I was like, what is this for? I don't even read this type of work. And this thing I know, I saw it was great healing there. There was a lot of power there. It was a lot of drama. It was a lot of reality and truth and spirituality. It was just so many things, and it could be for anybody who likes to read. And so that's what I learned from it, that that message that authors have is for distinct people. So I would tell any author, don't worry about who's supposed to read your book because somebody is already needing your book. That's why the words are formulating the paragraphs, getting you ready for a printed copy because there are people that's born waiting for you to share that aspect of your creation to them so they could, you know, flower and blossom. So you don't have to never worry about how many books you sell or where they're going to sell because they have a direction just from conception. I love your website. LindaDianeWatley.com. It's so easy to navigate and chock full of who you are. Did you design it yourself? I started from scratch. I sure did. <laughs> Beautiful. And, and so much Thank information. You. So, Linda, in closing, if someone listening to this show knows someone who is experiencing post-traumatic stress disorder, and wants to help, what would be the first piece of advice you would give them? Every situation is so unique, but the first thing you want to do is be human. Let them know that you're not perfect. Let them know that you're here, even if all you can do is listen. You're not going to play God. You're not going to judge. Embrace them connect to them because one of the plus sizes sides to this is when a person can see that you get it from the standpoint that you understand that it's difficult, but you're not playing like you know everything. So just be a humble, caring person. And if you can give them purpose, you know, like they make a difference in your life, that really helps connect them to people because that's what's missing is connection. So what's next for Linda D. Watley? What other irons do you have in the fire coming up? (laughs) Are you working on any new books or anything else? Right now I'm not working on any new books, but I'm hoping to uh, have some workshops where I have, you know, booklets that they can go through as we learn how to cope with life itself, with the stress of life, the traumas of life, and just to walk them through the backpack, unpack it, repack it, and set it up so they can come back out being 
far more than they were before they came in. So that's what my goal is, to continue to do speaking engagements and just go among the people and just share strength and encouragement and just listen and just, you know, make myself present is what I really look forward to do with the healing process of life. I love that backpack metaphor. It is so meaningful. (laughs) So, Linda, if someone wants to contact you, give out any uh, information, how they can follow you, give out your website or any other addresses that you can be contacted in. If anybody would like to reach me personally, I'm always on Facebook, um, Linda Diane Watley or Linda D. Watley. I'm also on LinkedIn. And if they would like to send me an email, my email address is Universal Love, and that's with 1L26 at yahoo.com. And if you'd like to have more insight on PTSD, if you go to lindadianewatley.com, it's a lot of information there. You can spend almost a whole day there if you wanted to. You have been listening to the Funk Soul Cafe with your host, Robert Batista. Look for my free short stories, Carmela's Dream and My Baby Has No Name, on Smashwords.com. My guest has been someone who I call an altruistic and compassionate messenger, author Linda D. Watley. Make sure you visit her fantastic website, lindadianewatley.com, and feast your soul. Thank you so much, Linda, for being my guest on Funk Soul Cafe. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. (laughs) Have a great evening. Bye now. God bless.